Hello everyone, welcome back to another Ellie's Content Podcast. I'm your host Ellie and I have now finished with my year 11 classes, which is just so crazy to think and exams are next week. So I've been trying to do as much revision as I can in the little amount of time that I have and I have been feeling a little bit overwhelmed with it all but at the end of the day as long as I tried my hardest and did my best that is all that matters and I've also been playing around with my new mic a lot and I've been loving it my mic is a blue yeti mic and you can find it um at various retailers such as JP Hi-Fi. So in this week's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the buy now, pay later schemes, what debt is and why we should avoid it and get into the used car market and my opinion on new versus old cars and which is better and why. So buy now, uh, pay later, also known as BNPL is a service that allows consumers to purchase goods or services and pay for them uh, in installments over a period of time. So it's similar with the lay-by system you might have used previously or your parents might have used before, Um, whereas lay-by involves a store putting goods aside for you and then you paying for them in two or more installments before taking them home. BNPL uh, services generally involve the provider paying the retailer for the goods upfront, allowing customers to take their purchases home immediately. The customer then pays for the goods in installments, which you go to the BNPL service instead of the store. The store, So it's, it's paid through the buy now, pay later services, such as PayPal. You would use your PayPal through the app, uh, opposed to directly through that the, the store that you're buying from, like their company. <clears throat> and BNPL services can be used Um, at a growing number of retailers in Australia, in-store and online. I personally have never and will never use such services. I personally think that once you do it for the first time and you realise that it is something that you can do, you'll begin to pick it up as a habit and it will become something that you will use on a regular basis and you are practically spending money that you don't even have, you know, spending, spending money that you don't own. And I actually heard from one of my friends a few weeks ago now that one of her good friends got so addicted to this service that she was paying off like $1,200 per week because she was insistent in getting the products right away and used Afterpay. And how much did she buy that? I don't know. But still, $1,000 and $1,200 per week just paying off what she could have bought outright if she had just waited that little bit longer. And I think as well that if you are getting, if you do get into this sort of mindset of spending money that you don't yet have is setting you up for failure. And the longer that you do this and stay in this mindset, the harder the habit will be to break. Similar to smoking, you become so addicted and it becomes a habit that you just cannot break. And you become so involved in this habit that sometimes you even subconsciously do it, which is what you ideally want to avoid. As well as that, if you're setting yourself up for failure, especially early on in life, how will you be able to uh, save up for a house in in the future? And you're spending thousands of dollars in repayments each week just on these items that you probably aren't going to even remember come six months, let alone a year. Also, relating back to last week's episode where I spoke about uh, materialism and minimalism, oh, a couple weeks ago now, sorry, two weeks ago now, I spoke about materialism and minimalism and 
in in my opinion the more minimalist that you are the more inclined you are to see a large rise in your savings because you aren't spending hundreds or possibly thousands of dollars on goods and services that you will again eventually eventually stop using and or grow out of or get home and realize that you don't even like it and I like the idea of only buying what you need to survive and what is vital to you in your life with the fewer items that you have the more likely you are able to save like a lot more money and especially with the fact that you won't have to maintain the goods or services that you own this will earn, like not only save you money but it'll also save you time I have a few members in my family actually uh, who don't even have a car and it's not because they can't afford a car uh, it's because they most definitely can uh, it's just um, the cars are not only very expensive to buy uh, especially second hand let alone like just brand new they're, they're very expensive um, but they're also expensive to keep and maintain with the repairs the car rego and the many other things that you need to do for your car like fuel on a regular basis to get to and from places and fuel is very expensive and the price does fluctuate on a regular basis as well so some weeks you will spend more money on fuel than you would others so one week you won't be able to save as much as you did that previously week um vice versa and especially if you're a casual worker for example you aren't promised any shifts so one week you may not work at all so you don't get any income that week so how are you going to make all these repayments or pay for your fuel and so on and I remember I actually did a project on cars last year and it was so interesting it was in my economics class and and it was one of our assignments uh, that we had to do and it was on the used car market and what it was we basically had to find out whether or not a used car or a new car was better and we had to take into account how eco-friendly the car is and the amount of emissions that it uh, makes and produces, take uh, take into consideration how fuel efficient these cars are. And we had to compare um, this to like heaps of other factors. So all conclusive, we found out that a used car was far more beneficial in all of the different factors except uh, for the level of its eco-friendliness because only in recent years has global warming and carbon emissions uh come into like serious consideration and now i'm not saying that these cars weren't and aren't eco-friendly they're just not as eco-friendly as the majority of the cars that we are building today and i personally promote and encourage the action of buying used cars because not only is it saving the planet's materials for our resources are limited Uh, you know we we only have limited supply of these resources but um yeah again like i i promote buying used cars there's nothing wrong with them as long as they're in in good condition what what's what's stopping you as well as that i also like the idea of reduce reuse recycle and again if the car is still in good condition obviously sell it and let others get some use out of it and again not everyone is going to be able to afford a new car because they are super expensive and with used cars well for example as soon as you buy a new car you, and then you drive it out of that car dealership, that car immediately decreases in its price. And it will continue to over time as you get more more use out of it and the car ages. This is something that we call depreciation. And with depreciation, the older the car is, the cheaper it will become. And this will benefit the buyer, but it does not benefit the seller. And um, because, well, you know, they aren't able to make as much money. So buying a used car just makes more sense especially for those of a low socioeconomic status and a low socioeconomic status is where people aren't they don't have as much access as to 
they have they don't have as good access of education money work those sorts of things and so due to depreciation of the car this will could benefit um those of a low socioeconomic status because they'll be able to afford that car so for each year um the car is owned the value of the car goes down in price like i said before and alongside that if you are an individual who's earning an average salary you don't want to go and buy a brand new car. You know, it puts them on a loan period. And a loan period is the length of time that it takes an individual to pay off a loan. And there are also contractual obligations when having or considering a loan, such as interest rates and payment due rates, uh, dates, uh, which means financing and budgeting needs uh, to be done by the recipient, which can be very overwhelming. And it does sound a little bit complicated, I must say. And it does cause unnecessary stress. And interest rates are a part of a loan. There are two different kinds of interest rates. There are fixed and variable interest rates. A variable interest rate loan is a loan where the interest charged on the upcoming balance changes based on an underlying index that changes periodically. And a fixed interest rate loan is a loan where the interest rate on the loan remains the same for the life of the loan. When a loan is taken out from the bank, uh, the recipient then needs to make repayment back to the bank. And repayments are amounts of money which needs to be paid off on a regular basis to a person or an organization, which is, in our case right now, the bank, uh, in order to repay this debt. And when buying a new car, the majority of people opt for a loan, uh, putting themselves in debt. When someone is in debt, uh, they then need to start making the regular repayments. And the repayments can be weekly or monthly. Uh, the repayment of money is the process of paying it back to the organization, again, the bank in our case, or person, which can also be a private seller if you were to buy secondhand. Um, and the amount of repayment needed weekly or monthly depends on the cost of the car in the first place and how long this loan period was set as. Uh, the recipient who took out the loan then needs to budget and finance their income and find out how much money they are able to pay repay weekly or monthly. The total repayment amount means the sum of all scheduled or projected payments of funds that the recipient agrees to pay the provider. The amount uh, of the car plus the interest rates is the total repayment amount. Total interest paid is the sum of all interest repayments um, to date over the life of the loan. This is an incomplete measure of the cost of credit that the recipient pays because it doesn't include the upfront cash payments and it's not adjusted for the time value of money. Now, a lot of people nowadays rather than new cars because they, you know, they look better and they want to stay up to date with trends and some people suffer from FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Um, but at the end of the day, who cares? As long as the car is reliable and gets you from place A to place B, does it really matter how it looks or what brand it is or what color it is? You know, it, it doesn't It doesn't matter. Um, but I'm going completely off track here. So hopefully that did help you learn something new. But back to the buy now, pay later schemes. I think that it can have a massive impact on our views of debt. Because again, relating back to what I was saying earlier, you begin to get in this habit of where you think buying things now and paying it off later is fine. And I personally would love to never have a loan in my life except for a mortgage or a hex debt because, I mean, thinking realistically, there is no way that in today's modern society and with the rate at which the property market is sitting, 
I will not be able to afford a house or buy it outright. Uh, But again, in all other aspects of life, such as with a car, I want to buy it outright because there is additional payments that need to be made, you know, like the fuel and any maintenance. And I personally find it a little bit daunting, you know, with the fact that I would be spending so much money each week making off uh, these repayments and additional payments and all. It's it's intimidating. And again, in regard to getting in that mindset of debt is okay, it isn't. To be in debt is you is where you do not personally fully own that product. So for example, if you take out a mortgage for a house or a loan for a car, that car or house does not become yours until you have fully paid off uh paid it off. You know, you've you've fully paid for it. That is when it becomes yours. And debit cards also fall under this category for sure. Now, what is a debit card and why should you avoid ever owning one? Just debit cards bad and I'll tell you why. A debit card is a payment card that deducts money directly from a consumer's checking account when it's used. It's also known as check cards or bank cards and they can be used to buy goods or services or to get cash from an automated teller machine or a merchant who'll let you add extra amounts onto a purchase. And something with these cards that they don't tell you about unless you have done your reading or, or you've asked is that if you don't make the repayments back to the debit card, like on the debit card, I, th- I think it's by 30 days after having used the money. Yeah, I think it's 30 days after having used the money on the debit card that your interest on the repayments is extremely high. And I'm pretty sure the amount of debit interest is different for each company. So let's say, for example, you use $500 and that's on your debit card in and you use it in store for some really cool new shoes that have come out and they're limited edition and you love them. You would then have to make sure that you put back that $500 onto that debit card by a certain date. Otherwise, the interest on that repayment will be very high. So instead of paying $500 back on that credit card, you will have to pay let's say 7% interest each day or each week. Again, it's different for each company. Um, so that's why I highly recommend that you never get a debit card unless you have no other choice. But if you don't need it, I recommend, highly recommend that you avoid such a trap. And I call it a trap because again, it will become a habit and you will tell yourself, oh, I do have money just on my debit card. And in reality, again, that isn't your money. It's borrowed money. And that is how you get yourself into debt. And again, if you don't make a repayment on time, you're only going to dig yourself a deeper hole and go further into debt, which you don't want. Money is what makes this world go around. Money is one of the most important things in life because it allows us to access food, shelter, services, goods, education. And with education, we are then able to go to work and earn an income. And I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but it's knowledge is power, you know, invest in yourself. The more you learn, the more you earn. Now, what do I mean by this? I mean that if you can, I recommend that you seek higher education, you know, go to university because the more experience that you have, the more likely you're going to be offered promotions in your job and get a higher pay, secure yourself a good spot in a good company. And you could possibly find yourself a secure career early on in life. And now, 
Early education and high school has now become a lot more affordable, especially in Australia. So it encourages more families to send their kids to school and to learn and have the ability to grow their social skills and grow their knowledge. And now uni can be relatively expensive, but again, I think it's worth it because it can help you fast track you your you in a career and give you that experience and knowledge knowledge that businesses and companies are looking for. With uni, however, more often than not, you will have a hex debt. Again, this is another debt type thing. The price of uni does vary for everyone. For this is for there's different levels, you know, like a bachelor degree, um, diploma, everything like that. So and there's also different time durations of the courses and so on. So some courses are more expensive than others. And with that, some of us may have to to end up having a hex debt. Now, what is a hex debt? So when you attend university or an approved higher education provider, you get a hex help loan uh, to help pay for your studies. So it's a loan of money that is solely used for your education at university. Now, what does HEX uh, stand for? HEX stands for Higher Education Contribution Scheme, which is university because you are seeking further education. You pay back your HEX debt through the tax system once you earn above the compulsory repayment threshold. And the compulsory repayment threshold is different each year. The compulsory repayment threshold for uh, 2021 to 22 income year is $47,000.14. That's wrong. $47,014. The compulsory uh, repayment threshold for the 2020-2021 income year was $46,620. And so you can see by that that there is a difference. Now, we ask ourselves, is it bad to have a hex debt? No, no, it's not. It's not a bad thing if you have a hex debt, especially since a hex loan won't generally impact on your credit score. That's because when it comes to credit reporting, uh, they don't work in exactly the same way as loans provided by the banks do. Right now, as I'm filming this, I'm trying to upload, like get ready to upload my YouTube video and I can't find the video in to upload in my camera roll or whatever you want to call it and it's a 21 minute video and I put so much time and effort into it and I can't find it and if I have deleted it I am actually going to cry I'm going oh no I found it okay <laughs> Oh, little sneak peek. No, I'm just kidding. These go up at the same time. Yeah, did you know my... So what I do is I upload my YouTube videos and my podcast at 4 o'clock every Friday. And then with my website, with my articles, I don't really have a set time because it it's pretty different each time because I could sometimes upload it before I have work and I have work 8 to 1 on a Saturday and so sometimes I might upload my article and send out emails before eight or but generally I do it after which I finish at one o'clock so usually I I put the articles up at one and send out an email to all of my subscribers and again it is 
are free to subscribe to my website if you would like additional information to be to be sent out to you weekly. And I, I only send one email out a week. It's not like I am, you know, harassing you because that's just annoying. You know when you get spammed with emails? That is one of the most annoying things in the world. I'll subscribe to this National Geographic. I don't even remember subscribing to them or anything. And out of nowhere, I started getting like, I swear what felt like 10 emails a day. And I'm like, why? Why? Who is typing up these emails and sending them? And why am I subscribed to these people in the first place? I ended up unsubscribing. But I don't do that. I only send one email out a week with additional information in regard to it can be anything. I kind of talk about anything. It's kind of like with my podcast. Each week it, it changes. There There is no we, – we like variety. We like variety over here. So if you are interested in that, it's you just go to my website, which is at Ellie's Content, or if you can't find it on YouTube because I haven't yet purchased a domain name, just go to my Facebook or my Instagram. It's just Ellie's underscore content on Instagram and Ellie's content on Facebook. And you can just cl- uh, click the link in my little description box, if you will call it that, or bio or whichever it's called. Um, and you'll be able to go to it there. And then you just scroll down to the bottom of any page that you load onto, and then you can put in your email there. And it is all confidential. There is nothing that is exposed or anything so don't worry about that you know it's it's pretty secure and again it is free and it would mean a lot if you could do that for me you know all all supporting each other if you will um but yeah oh and another thing you know how like there's a lot of obviously american influences and they always put like you know, EST, Eastern Standard Time, it'll be uploaded here, like this time, everything like that. I didn't even know what the Australian one was. I had to Google it because I didn't know. And there is like 25 different standard times. I don't even know what they're called. But there's like, there's two for Australia. There's, I think there was two, I think. Two or three. I don't. I, I only remember two, which is ACT and AET for Australian Central Time and Australian Eastern Time or Eastern Standard Time. Whatever you know, you get the point. But I didn't know that, and so you learn something new every day. You know, never stop learning. Knowledge is power. <laughs> so I am going to end the podcast here, and I do want to end with a quote, and that is. An, an economic policy which does not consider the well-being of all not serve the purpose of peace and the growth of well-being among the people of all nations. And this is by Eleanor Roosevelt. Now, money isn't everything, but for measuring national success, it has long been pretty much the only thing other than, of course, sports. Um, and the specific metric that has prevailed since World War II is the dollar value of a country's economic output expressed first as gross national product, um, which is GNP, later as gross domestic product, which is GDP. And to conclude, money can't buy happiness, but it could perhaps uh, buy the ability to measure it. And actually, I go over why money can't buy happiness in my second 
podcast. Yeah, my second ever podcast, which is about minimalism and materialism. And I recommend that you check it out. It's it's my second or third podcast and I recommend that you go and check it out. Um, but please, if you did enjoy today's podcast, you share it with your friends and family and please leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And don't forget, if you get the chance to check out my website at Ellie's Content, where I post weekly articles every Saturday and my YouTube at Alison Kincaid, where I upload weekly videos every Friday. And that's all for now. See you later. Thank you.